Welcome back to another episode of Bobcast. Today on Bobcast, we have Austin Balsack. On Bobcast, it is my job to break down the moments that changed people's lives. And today, we have Austin Balsack, founder of Cultivated Culture. Cultivated Culture helps you land not just a job, but your dream job without applying online. Cultivated Culture has helped tens of thousands of people get jobs. And this is not an ad. I do not work for this company nor making any money from this. Um, it is just that powerful. Um, and Austin has built something extremely special. He's helped so many people uh, with Cultivated Culture. And uh, it was it was a blast going through his background and, and uh, you know, understanding where he came from. Uh, when you see somebody at that level, it's uh, it's interesting to, to break it down and understand exactly how they got there and those moments that change their life. So please enjoy this episode with Austin Belsack on Bobcast. Quick message from our sponsor, Soda Beats. If you're a content creator like me, you've needed music, background beats for videos, projects, anything. Um, and for me, I'm a music producer. I can go and make my own beat, but sometimes I just don't have the time. And I don't want to go on YouTube and use a beat that's been used hundreds of thousands of times by other people. So Soda Beats eliminates this issue. Whether you have 10 years of music experience or 10 minutes, you can make a beat on here. You can take, uh, you know, 20 minutes and whip something up really fast, uh, just you know, uh, to use as background music, or you can take hours and create a masterpiece. It's up to you. But Soda Beats makes it easy. It's a complete web-based platform, royalty-free, with for-profit use. You can go and take your beat, do whatever you want with it. After, to be honest, I think it's just fun to make beats on there too. It's a, I, I just, I love it. It's web-based. Open it up in Chrome um, when you when you have a few minutes and, and mess around and make something awesome. So uh, Soda Beats best way. Uh, to make beats online right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are in another episode of Bobcast. Today on Bobcast, I have my friend. Uh, I think we met maybe originally on LinkedIn, I, I, I believe, and it went from there. Uh, his name's Austin Belsack. He owns a company called Cultivated Culture, and we're going to obviously go into kind of the details of what you do. Very powerful stuff. Um, that you're doing with your business. But if you could, Austin, just give us, you know, maybe a brief overview of, of what you do. Um, I know you're founder, CEO, but do some other things as well. And, and with Cultivated Culture, if you just, you know, give us, uh, our listeners, just a little bit of, uh, of your background and we'll probably take it from there. Yeah, that sounds good, Ryan. Well, first off, thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Um, but yeah, so I do, I do a couple things right now. I uh, still work full time at Microsoft. I've been doing that for five years or so now. Uh, I'm a director of partnerships there. So my whole goal is to basically get out there and find people who will partner up with us to help expand the reach of the message and the products and all that good stuff. And outside of that, like you mentioned, I uh, founded Cultivated Culture about four and a half years ago now. And the whole premise is to teach people how to land jobs they love without applying online. So that really stemmed out of my personal experience graduating from college with a pretty bad GPA, a job I hated, um, you know, not in the field that I wanted to be in. And so I needed to figure out how to make that jump. And it was not easy. It took a lot of trial and error. It took a lot of experimentation, uh, a lot of failure and rejection, but eventually made it over to Microsoft. And a lot of people kind of came out of the woodwork and asked me, you know, how I made it happen. So I wrote everything down in a blog post and I published it and I did a little, little promo behind it. And it got a really, really good response. All these people were kind of, you know, showing up and saying, Hey, I, I, I went through the same thing and this strategy just makes a lot of sense. So the rest is history. I kind of picked it up from there. And, and that was back in 2016, um, starting from scratch. Now we're at about 
Uh, I think the community is about 250,000 people total now. Um, you know, we got a pretty, pretty solid following on LinkedIn and on the email list. And we've helped people get hired at, you know, if, if you can think of a company, we've helped people get in the door there. Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Tesla, SpaceX, Apple, Amazon, Goldman Sachs, you know, the, the list goes on. But that's, that's pretty much been it. We, we essentially teach people how to get in the door without applying online so they don't have to worry about, you know, their resume getting sucked into that black hole and never being heard from again. I just, I love every, everything about what you just said and what you do with the, with that company. And so, and, you know, even with this podcast, it's, it's kind of, it's not directly, um, you know, maybe towards that age bracket, but a lot of my audience is that age bracket. So that's why I had originally had younger professionals and younger people on, but now I'm having the financial advisors, the, you know, the people who run larger businesses. And it's like, I, you know, they can take, you know, knowledge from, from those people as well. And, and, and luckily, and you fit kind of both those categories. Um, you're younger and you own your own business, but you also work, I guess, a, a nine to five, but I guess you work from home. Right. So, um, you know, so there's, you're kind of doing it all. And I've gone from the blue collar to the white collar, to the business, to, you know, everything too. So it's, it's great to, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, get that full well-rounded, um, um, view, but I'd like to kind of go into, kind of maybe before or during your start uh, to the business and you transitioning from college to this job, that first job that you got that you mentioned, you know, in the bio of like, Oh, this is, I, you know, hated this job. I didn't like what I was doing. I wasn't making any money. I saw these other, which, you know, now is even more prominent seeing these Instagram guys, these LinkedIn guys. Oh my God, they're on yachts and jets and they're like 25. What am I doing? What am I doing here? Right. Um, so what was, you know, what was the, the, the job and you don't have to say like the company or anything, but what was the job that you got after college? And then what about that made you kind of, you know, realize, okay, I need to find a better way of, of doing this. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'd always kind of wanted to start my own thing. That, that was sort of my goal from the, the very beginning of, uh, you know, when we started thinking seriously about careers in, in college, but, uh, I also, I also didn't do too much work towards figuring that out for the most part. I tried to start a couple of things and they fell flat on their face and, you know, I, I had to go out and get a job after college. And, and so I, I ended up with this one that kind of got dropped in my lap from my roommate's dad. He, he was a doctor. I, I had a biology degree. Medical device sales was kind of this field that played into both of those things. And so I was sort of a shoe in for an internship junior year. They offered me the job at the end of junior year. I didn't think anything about cost of living or, or you know, what the actual job would entail. I just kind of said yes, so I could say that I, I had a job. And um, it ended up being a pretty interesting gig. So basically, if, if you know anybody who's gotten a hip replacement or a knee replacement or whatever, uh, the company I worked for made the, the implants that went in the patient. But, you know, they entrusted me and a bunch of other sales reps to be in the operating room with these doctors, kind of like consulting on the product. So surgeries start pretty early in the morning, usually around 6 a.m., um, but I was like the bullpen rep or the backup rep. So, you know, one of the, the you know, actual reps would give me a call the night before and say, hey, my, you know, my kid's sick at daycare or uh, I've come down with something, you know, I can't cover cases tomorrow. Can you get out here? So our territory is North and South Carolina, which are, you know, two pretty big states. And uh, I was driving from Charlotte to sometimes to Asheville or Hilton Head, you know, two and a half hours each way. And so I'd have to be up at three, three thirty in the morning to to get out there by five thirty in order to you know get ready for these cases at six. So that was pretty miserable in and of itself. Um, but then on top of that, you know, my starting salary was was around thirty five k, and it was just way below what I needed to to make ends meet. So 
I quickly racked up like 15 grand worth of credit card debt in the first couple of months, just, you know, paying off my car and getting groceries and, you know, not even doing anything crazy. And so that was not the life that I sort of envisioned for myself. Right. And we're always told that if you go to college, you know, you'll have these opportunities, you'll get your foot in the door. You know, why else are you paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a degree? And it, things just weren't lining up. So I knew I needed to make a change. And to your point, it was kind of funny, like that entrepreneurial bug was still going. And like my buddy and I were always throwing around like stupid ideas that we wanted to, you know, start so we could be on the yacht. It all starts or, you know, with a good, stupid idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got to start somewhere. Um, and we, we still crack up about it, but you know, that was, that was the dream, right? You know, we'll, we'll sell like gold iPhone cases and we'll be making millions and like, you know, that's not, not how any of that works, but the bug was there from the beginning. And then, uh, you know, I kind of worked my way from that job. I, I did the, the basic stuff, you know, I was applying online. I was doing everything we're supposed to do, you know, you're told to do none of that was working. So I sort of had to get creative and figure out a different way to get in the door, um, both with, you know, the job and then, and then the business as well, further down the road. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, you're like at that point though, you, you got that bug. You're not letting that go. You're like, I'm going to hold on. Same thing with me, man. I'm, I didn't know that I was going to be like editing people's podcasts and then like hiring videographers to do the, I don't, I don't know that I knew that I had kind of similar thing. Like I knew I had some kind of entrepreneurial thing, I had like a small DJ business in high school and like things like that, like little stuff, but you just don't know where it's going to go or what it's going to, you know, amount to or, or, or come to. Cause it could be that little idea that you weren't that invested in could be the best idea and, you know, create the business. But yeah, after that, I'd like to, you know, kind of go. So, so I assume it was kind of at that time when cultivated culture started or was there other kind of businesses before that, 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 that you, that you started to get into that entrepreneurial um, you know, thing. And then were you also just, you would just continue to work as well during that? Yeah. So, I mean, so Ryan, to your point, like, uh, I think it's interesting because all these people are afraid to start something or, or even do something that they're, you know, excited about because somebody tells them like, Oh, like you could never make money being a DJ. Like, what do you think you're like the next Avicii or something? And it's like, <laughs> you know, geez, thanks a lot, you know, for real. And, uh, but now all of a sudden, you know, through DJing and through working with audio and stuff, you know, that intersects with this, you know, crazy rising tide of podcasting. And now all of a sudden you have a business. And so it was sort of the same thing for me. Like, I, uh, in college, I started a music blog. Um, and so back, this was back in the day when like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like fresh new tracks or, or any of those blogs from God, you know, like she's like six, seven years ago or something now. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I saw them and I'm like, well, they're doing this and I like music. So like, let me post songs that I like and write about them. So I did that and I got, you know, hardly any visits whatsoever, but I had to figure out how to build the website and how to create the blog and all that good stuff. Um, then after that, I ended up trying to start a fishing apparel business because I was big into fishing st still am. I just don't get to do it as much up here, but you know, I wanted to you know start a clothing company of some kind and that fell flat on its face, but I, I actually worked like with the designers and, and kind of got some prototypes, you know, ready to go. We kind of got to that point. And that fell flat on its face, but I had to, you know, go find those designers. I had to go work with them. I had to kind of go through the process of, you know, working with freelancers and vendors and stuff. Um, and then I graduated. And uh, at one point I had an idea for an app that would, you know, show you where everybody was going out that night and who was going out and all that. And I spent, you know, a couple thousand bucks building a prototype. And then 
uh, lo and behold, like a week later, three apps that did the exact same thing. Launched Every time, like, man. <laughs> yeah. With like funding and the whole deal. And I was just like, ah, you know, dagger, but all that stuff kind of taught me, you know, different skills. And so the, the way that things progressed was I graduated and I started applying online and nothing was happening. And I was getting these kind of pity interviews from family, friends and stuff. And the response is the same. You know, you just don't have enough experience in this digital marketing, this digital advertising space. So I said, okay, I, I, I need to avoid this online app thing, but I also need to have something to speak to. So I went out and I started just teaching myself digital marketing. And I spent a, spent a couple of months doing that. And then I started freelancing my services. So I did it for free at first to get a couple of case studies. And then I started pitching people out there um, and just, I, I sent thousands of cold emails to random businesses all over the U S until, you know, a couple of them said yes. And I just started doing, you know, freelance stuff for them. So that, that was going on while I was going through like the, the job search and the career progression that led me to Microsoft. And that was really the experience that, that Microsoft bought into because uh, you know, everything else is fairly non-traditional and weirdly, the experience I got freelancing actually ended up being a really good fit for the role that I do at Microsoft now. But then once I got in at Microsoft and all these people started asking me, you know, hey, how'd you do this? How'd you make that career change? That's when Cultivated Culture started. But to your point, you know, it really all builds on itself. Like I was able to build the Cultivated Culture website myself because I built that music blog. And then I was able to like find freelancers to help me with the stuff I couldn't do for a pretty good price because I'd done, you know, the apparel thing. And then whenever I wanted to like, you know, build something new or a web page or a tool or whatever, I had that experience kind of mocking up the app. And so all these things that I did before that, you know, seemed like a waste of time in the moment, they ended up coming in handy because otherwise I would have had to go out and, you know, try to get seed funding or, or take a loan or whatever to, to build the website and do all that stuff. But, you know, because I just tried those things out at one point, I was able to do it myself and, and get, get it up and running. So you never know what, what, you know, whatever you're working on now, whatever you're passionate about, you know, getting out there and doing it and, you know, creating a portfolio of some kind, you never know what that stuff's going to lead to. It's so important that you touched on the freelancing too. And that's so funny because I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know that about you and and what a common thread that happens with a lot of um, entrepreneurs and, you know, because freelancing for me, I was working a blue collar job. I just didn't want to be a mechanic anymore. I loved it, you know, but I just didn't want to, I, I, I would come home and do this. Right. And all my podcasts were at after five o'clock at night and all my music that I made was, you know, 5 p.m. To, I would come home from my nine to five workout, um, eat dinner and then make a podcast or music, whatever, till midnight. And I go to, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. Do it um, all over. I, yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and I was like, damn, can I just like let me just try. Can I make a hundred dollars doing something that is digital and the money goes to my account and I don't have to. It's not it's no cash. It's not like you know, even face to face. And then I made my first, you know, I think I did a, I did, it's funny. Cause you said like the experience of making your own website and doing all this, I, uh, it's kind of like a fake it till you make it thing because mm -hmm. I, I created fictional voiceovers for fictional companies, companies that I worked for, but they didn't ask me for a voiceover. But so like, if they looked at it, the company was real, but they wouldn't, you know, I, I just used their name and I created the voiceover. That was my testimonials. And then I got my first voiceover. I think I made 75 bucks. Nice. Maybe an hour or two of work. You know, the levels weren't even great. It's like I, 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 I was still learning, right? But it all came back to that kind of first day of, of freelancing and, and so much, I mean, contracts. I mean, I have people asking me that are 55, 60 years old, oh, how'd you learn how to make a contract? Like even the fact that I literally just Googled it and changed the stuff for me. 
I don't yeah. even, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even run it by the lawyers, right? Like you got to just make the first shitty contract to get, you know, to understand how it works. But um, yeah, it, it, you're so right. It always comes full circle. And that's a question that people ask me and probably ask you too all the time is like, how does this all tie in? Right. And for me, exactly what you touched on is the music. People want theme songs for their podcast. They might have an editor, but they don't have somebody who can make a theme song. Okay. I'll do the theme song or another podcast platform, right? Um, oh, you edit podcasts too? Hey, 75 for a 30 second theme song. You want to charge them 150? Go for it, right? Like just those type of things, like getting your foot in the door and it all coming full circle. You don't need to make, people think it's about the money. It's really just about kind of doing it, you know, to start. <laughs> so, right. And then, yeah, freelancing then leads into the business and then, and then everything else. But do you have aspirations to, you know, make cultivated culture, uh, you know, uh, something larger or is it just you? Do you have a team? Um, and, you know, and I probably want to, after this question, I'll probably ask you more about actually what it is, you know, in depth, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely the, the goal is to, the, the big goal for cultivated culture is to get more tools and more, you know, information around the modern job search and in the hands of job seekers. I think one of the biggest frustrate or one of the most frustrating things for me when I was looking for a job was the fact that, all this advice out there was just seemed so outdated. It was, you know, focused on this process that didn't make any sense. And a lot of it was conflicting. And now having gone through it, you know, and, and coming out the other side, a lot of it focuses on, you know, minutia and small stuff that at the end of the day, doesn't really Five matter. years of college and they don't teach you any of that too. How For crazy real. is that? It's insane, but they charge you, you know, out the wazoo oh. for, for, oh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And not only that, but like, you know, what's your credit score? How do you rent an apartment or any of this stuff? Imagine, like, imagine they don't even imagine you're in school for literally like 18, 17, 18 years and you did have no practical life skills. Seriously. It's crazy, but you can like read a book and write a book report, which, you know, I've done a million times in my professional career. <laughs> True. Yeah. And, but the thing is, yeah. And then finding it all online too. Yeah. A hundred percent of us did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it's definitely, you know, the aspiration, that's a cool part about having the job. Like I can make longer term investments in cultivated culture. Um, so we built out some tools, you know, we've, we've kind of upgraded some stuff, but it, you know, and I, and I have one person who helps me with it. Um, she's sort of like a, a jack of all trades, um, is doing, you know, as, as you know, you, you're kind of responsible for, for everything when Literally. you're running your own thing. So she kind of helps me out with some of that, but it took a really long time to get there. I mean, I, I loved your point of like, let me try to make my first hundred bucks. Cause you know, I put the site up and I was just throwing articles out there and I built an email list. You know, I finally got to a thousand people or whatever. And I'm like, okay, let me see if I can get somebody to pay like even like 20 bucks for, for something. Right. Um, and it, and it scales from there. And I see so many people, you know, they want to start a business. So they spend like, you know, a thousand bucks on their website and they, you know, LLC the business and they do all this stuff before they've, you know, figured anything out or before they sold anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was a slow build. Like I, I redid the website and I really started investing in all these tools around like year three and a half, four, um, but before that, it was all, you know, self-operated, self-built, the whole deal. Um, and it, it was definitely a build. Like you make a lot of mistakes, right? You, you, you create the shitty contract and you get it out yep. there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely in a very, very different place now than it was when it started. But, um, you know, the goal is to, to keep going onwards and upwards. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll see. But 
Yeah, no. And so you, those tools that you mentioned, I'd like to dive into those a little bit too, which I really just, I knew you had them, but I just kind of looked at them today and just to understand sure. um, there, you have free tools for people to, you know, uh, not only design their resume, but to actually help them kind of, you know, help them get the job as well at the companies that they want. Um, so what, so you, you were just like, I'm going to invest in these tools and the value of the tools will, you know, get people into, you know, ex, you know, what I'm building here. Was that kind of your mindset behind it? You, I assume you have to hire somebody to, <laughs> you know, create them and everything, you know, it's an investment, like you said. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, the, the big thing is like, if you look at the the trajectory of marketing and whatnot, um, you know, 15 years ago, SEO was, was kind of like the wild west. Like people were, if you started a blog, you were sort of the first person in your space. And so you could get away with, content that wasn't so great. And, you know, there wasn't a ton of competition. And now that's sort of changed. You know, there's a lot of competition for SEO in, in every niche. And it's just not enough to write, you know, more and better content, because all these articles are massive, long guides and all this at this point. So the next step that people are kind of gravitating towards, and, and also the way you kind of capture emails and whatnot has changed. Like, most people aren't as into like the pop-ups or the lead magnets, you know, the free ebook and stuff. And so you need another way to get people in the door. So the tools are, are, are really nice for that. And I sort of noticed myself, I would use other people's free tools and, and inevitably, you know, one, I'd give them my email address, but then two, I'd probably sign up for the full thing if, if it was valuable. And so that was the same thing, you know, for me, but I decided not to charge people for the, the reason we mentioned before, like, I can make those longer term investments. And also, you know, I got frustrated with the, the tools that were out there for job seekers. You know, you'd spend 20 minutes making your resume and then you get slapped with a paywall and it's like, hey, pay 40 bucks a month. And you're like, well, happened to me so many always, times, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't have that kind of money right now or, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, people are, are, are totally good with using a tool and, and they seem to be totally good with kind of exchanging an email address for the value that you give in the tool. And so uh, the term I've heard is product led growth. So essentially, you know, creating some of these products and putting them out there for free, either having a freemium, a freemium model. So you charge later or just using it as a lead magnet that tends to work really, really well. And, and um, I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen that, you know, in, in, you know, in, in real time, like that's happened for the site. It's been crazy, the growth since we, we pushed out the tools. So that's been a lot of fun to build, but to your point, yeah, we hired somebody, you know, we hired a developer to build them out. You know, that, that definitely wasn't me. So it's been, uh, it's been fun though. You have an idea in your head and you kind of mock it up and then it becomes a reality. Like it's been, I, I, it's sort of like an addicting process to see that happen. Yeah. And once you, I, I assume once you make the first one, you let people use it, you're kind of watching it on the back end of like, oh man, what's next. Right. And I want to just real quick, um, just, just touch on, on them. You have four in front of me, but it seems like there may even be more. I don't know if there's more, but, um, <laughs> the, the, the main one, which seems like probably the most popular one I, you could probably tell me if I'm right is the resume builder. Mm -hmm. I, I assume, was that the first one? Yeah, that was the first one. Um, and that's been around the longest and it's definitely by far the most popular as of right now. And so what is that, um, you know, do you, do you start from scratch? Like, does it, do you like just input, you know, your experiences or does it tell you kind of how to do the copy on it too? Like, what is the, I know I, I'll definitely link it so people can go through and it's free. Yeah. So, you know, I assume they'll, you know, um, definitely be used. I'll, I'll use it just cause I have, <laughs> I, sometimes I apply for jobs just, just to see, you know? So, um, <laughs> I think it, we're, I'm probably doing it all wrong though, judging by <laughs> this, but yeah. So what is the, you know, how does that, that resume builder, Work. Yeah, for sure. So there, there's three resume tools and they kind of all work together. The builder was the first, 
And then we built a scanner and a bullet analyzer. And essentially the whole thing is like, you know, you can have the, you, the resume builder helps you with the template and it kind of helps you organize everything. It makes it look nice. And that's great. You know, having a nice looking resume is, is important, but the, the place where people really fall short is the content and selling themselves through their, their content and their resume versus just kind of summarizing what they do. So the bullet analyzer uh, is, a, is a, another tool and you basically copy paste the bullet from your resume. It scans the bullet and it looks for, it uh, basically compares it to what we have created to be like a, the quote, like ideal resume bullet formula. So we just have a breakdown of like the percentage of hard and soft skills, the percentage of measurable metrics, the percentage of action words that you should use. Um, and it compares it and it gives you a score. So the idea is you kind of go through your resume and you put all your bullets through the resume bullet analyzer. And then you just copy and paste the bullet with a high score into the resume builder. And then once like you're an done, SEO tool kind of just for yeah, resume, right? Amazing. Exactly. One, and, and it was actually, you know, it's based on a, a couple, I mean, a, a lot of the tools are based on or, or borrow features from tools that I've used as a marketer, like marketing and job searching are very, very similar. And well, you so, are, yeah. You're like marketing and selling just for yourself. Yourself, right? right? Like you're the product. So, and most people don't realize that. So yeah, and then the, the scanner, basically once your resume is done, you dump it in the resume scanner and you put your job description on the other side and it, it scans the two and compares, you know, how well does your resume match up to the job description? And so if you kind of go through the three, you should end up with a resume that has bullets that are, you know, really well formulated that align with, you know, what the, the robots are looking for when you apply online. That should give you a better chance of getting in the door. Um, so yeah, they sort of all work in tandem, and they they the builder was first, and the other two sort of came out of necessity of people asking me, you know, hey, well, what's next? What do I do after the builder? Yep. Yeah. So I'd like to um, and and you know, if if we had all the time, I definitely would go through all the tools, but I would rather just people you know use them for themselves, for sure. even if you're not going to apply for a job this week, just might as well just use it. See, you know, get your resume. So it's ready once that job pops up. And, you know, I have like for uh, broadcasting, it's called I hire broadcast and it just sends me broadcast jobs. It just like, you know, on those different sites of just sending me, you know, all these jobs, but I'm not sure if that's relevant on your LinkedIn. It says without apply, helping you apply for jobs without <laughs> applying online. Right. So yeah. what does that, what does that mean? Am I calling the CEO? Like what is <laughs> For that? sure. And and that's kind of, that's always the funny thing. Cause I have like all these resume tools. Right. But then I'm like, you know, we'll get you a job without applying online. And really the, the thing that's sort of happened is that, so the, the way it happens is twofold. You know, one, if you want to get in the door at most companies today, you got to find a referral. So it's about going out there and to your point, either emailing the CEO or emailing somebody who's going to be able to influence your ability to get hired. And then it's just about building a relationship with them. Um, the second piece is finding a way to illustrate your value. So most people, you know, they rely on a resume, they rely on a cover letter, but those aren't the best ways to illustrate what we bring to the table. And then, you know, most people struggle to illustrate their value if, through that format simply because, you know, we use a language that's super weird. You know, we use a template that, or, or a document that we don't use anywhere else. So it's just really foreign and, and not conducive to, you know, the end goal. So a value validation project is essentially, you know, the a deliverable that you put together that allows you to, it's essentially a pitch deck that allows you to kind of focus on the value you bring to the table. Um, especially if you've done your research on the company and you know what they're looking for. Uh, those two things make up the, the core of my job search system, but that system tends to be very new to a lot of people. And so, you know, if I just went out there and said like value validation project is my term. So like nobody's running Google searches for value validation projects. So if I just relied on that, 
nobody would find me. So I sort of, you know, my goal is to meet people where they're at and kind of hold their hand and bring them to, you know, this new uh, approach to job searching. And so everybody's out there, you know, looking for a resume builder, looking for a way to, to beat the applicant tracking system. And so the tools kind of help me show up there and then they get kicked into the email funnel and then, you know, bit by bit, email by email, we kind of introduce them to this new process, this new system. And then they, they see the light a little bit, but even with the, that approach, you know, you still need a resume because if somebody's referring you in, the first thing they say is, you know, send me your resume so I can pass it along. So you still need a good resume. Um, and, and there is a little bit of a tie in there, but I think especially if you're coming at something with a brand new approach or, or a totally different, you know, way of doing things that people aren't used to you, you, that's great because that's a big differentiator, but you also have to realize that, you know, most people aren't on that level yet. So you sort of have to walk it back a little bit and meet them, you know, at, at the level that they're at right now and then walk, help them, you know, kind of walk with you to, you know, where you want them to be. Yeah. And so, and it's, so you're really emphasizing kind of the foot in the door, person to person, the mm-hmm. relationship building aspect of it yeah. as well. Cause you can't automate that. You can't really, you can systematize it a little bit for sure, but um, you know, it, it, there isn't a tool that's going to develop a relationship for you. So I just, I love that. That's, you know, that's, that's the importance. I mean, that's how I've gotten, I mean, I've said so many times on this and other podcasts is like, I went to college, I did the thing, like I got, I, you know, whatever, but goes to the internship fairs and all that. I've never gotten a job that was from any of that. I've only gotten jobs from me. I remember the marketing company I was at, I just called, I got, I acted like I was a company and I just booked a call with the, with the marketing person happened to be the CEO then there's a foot in the door. Hey, you want to come in for an interview? I just asked, you know, got a little lucky. Obviously it's the luck, the opportunity as well as the planning, but, um, I've never gotten, no, no, nobody ever has, has just, you know, given me something where I haven't gotten it from all these cookie cutter ways that we're supposed to. Um, so, and I like how you touched on that too, of just kind of differentiating in yourself, but also meeting them where they're at. Cause you can't go too far. You know, it's not like every company is the most innovative and the most new, and a lot of these companies are older com- companies that are, you know, maybe just have, um, you know, still have those standard kind of ways of going about business. Mm-hmm. So then you've got to meet them on that in between. For um, sure. So that's, so what would your advice be other than, you know, the tools you have and all the resources? Um, but when it comes to like, do you guide them on the, uh, like on the interview itself too? Do you have tips for that? Or, you know, what is the um, kind of that, I guess that next step in the process? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I have a lot of stuff on interviewing as well on the site. Um, hard to hard to put tools against that, um, yeah. you know, as, as you can imagine. But mm-hmm. all the person-to-person stuff, the whole goal with the tools is to make the non-person-to-person, face-to-face stuff easy and quick so that you mm-hmm. can spend more time building those relationships or, you know, getting ready for the interviews. But, um, you know, the, the big next step is once you get the referral and, and you sort of have your value validation project, you know, it's, it's getting ready for those interviews and, and making sure that you're in a really good position. And that it, the whole thing, you know, you just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, but the, the, it's a marketing process. And so, you know, a lot of people show up in the interviews and they start talking about themselves and it's not about you really. The company cares about what you can do for them. So their interest in you, you know, extends to, the point at which, you know, you're showing them what you can do for them, what you can bring to the table for them. And I think a lot of people forget that and they just focus on, you know, Hey, here's what I've done for all these other companies that aren't you. So it's really about 
tailoring your story to, you know, knowing your audience and tailoring your story to that audience, which in this case, you know, is whoever you're sitting across from at, at the interview table. So, um, you know, that, that's the big next step, but if you can get in the door, if you can have that connection, you know, like you said, the more you put yourself out there, the luckier you get, right? Like the more emails you send, the more, you know, ways that you try, you know, something's going to click. And I think too many people are afraid to just put themselves out there and try. They're looking for that silver bullet, you know, the first time and every time. And that's just not a realistic thing. So, you know, the more you try, the luckier you get. And, you know, don't, if, if you're not afraid to kind of step outside of the box and find different ways to do this, you know, everybody else in the job search is doing the same thing. And it's true with companies too, you know, everybody else starting businesses is mostly doing the same thing as well. And so if you can find a little bit of a different way to, to show up, um, or to just be like, if you, if you master one channel that not everybody else is using, um, you can really make a killing and you can do it a lot faster than if you just try to do the cookie cutter stuff that, you know, everybody else is out there doing as well. Yeah, I think people accept defeat way too easy, man. I think people mm -hmm. just, I, I don't know. I think they're comfortable. I think they want to because they just say, oh, they didn't call me back. Yeah. Blame's that's not on, on you, right? It's on the company. On everybody else because that's what, you know, um, you know, somebody else got you your first job, you know, which happened to me, my first gas station that I worked at, right? Somebody else got me the job, you know? Um, and so you're kind of in that mindset of like, it's always somebody else has to hand it to me, has to feed it to me, has to accept me, has to, you know, it, oh, it's, well, they didn't like me. Okay. Like, Hey, they don't care if they like you or not, man. Like they, obviously they have to like you, but what value do you bring to the table? Right. Is kind of, yep. you know, number one. And I think that kind of accepting defeat is, is, is very, um, you know, prominent, but it's, and it, it just sucks. Like you just, why don't you think about it? Just change the paradigm a little bit shift it. Okay. The, the, what you should say, I guess is, okay. They didn't call me back. What else can I do? First of all, why? And what else can I do? And what other avenues can I explore? You know, like you want to get, I don't know if you like, you know, teach this or I assume it's probably in there, but you know, you kind of want to get that hard. No, you know, but you want to get to the spot where you can get the hard. No. All right. Like I literally maxed everything out. Yeah. Like they don't, it's not going to happen. Okay. But at least I tried all I can except instead of they just didn't get back to me. Well, that's it. It wasn't meant to be right. And I'm the type of person that I think I can control everything. I think I can have control over, you know, most of the things that happen and other people are kind of on the other spectrum. Oh, I just let it go. I just see what happens. I yeah. just let it flow, you know, and that's two different. None of them's better or worse, but I think when it comes to job searching, you can't be on that accepting defeat mentality and i think you know you probably know uh, you know uh mentioned that too of like kind of the mentality that you're in and kind of indirectly what we've been talking about is you have to be mentally there like ready to go and explain yourself and unfortunately they don't teach those things those personality or character traits i mean it's really comes down to your character too um you know? Yeah. In, in school, I, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit, but it's a bummer. Like failure is something we're taught to like avoid at all costs, right? Like you, you fail that, that test. And now all of a sudden it's like a, a semester's worth of like late nights in the library to get your grade back up to, you know, a, a respectable place. But in the real world, you know, failure is, is sort of part of the, the, the process, right? And nobody's been successful. Nobody's grown without failing, you know, not just once, but many, many times. So I mean, for me, I, I had a rule that I told myself, I called it like, I called it the double nope rule. So like, you would have to tell me no twice before I went away. Love it. So at every stage, you know, if I got rejected for a job, that was one no. So now I'm going to go back and find another way to get in the door. And, and if I do that, and I get told no again, then okay, 
you know, maybe I feel comfortable moving on. And it worked. Like I was, I was interviewing at Google and the first screen I had with the recruiter, um, we got on the phone and she just, she, she just didn't give me a chance to sell myself. She just kept kind of shutting me down and telling me I didn't have enough experience. And then after the call, she ghosted me for like a month. So I followed up with her five times. She finally got back to me and was like, Hey, you just didn't have enough experience. So I was, it was, this was sort of impulsive, but I just sent her an email and I was like, look, I get it. Like, I don't have the experience on my resume, but that doesn't mean that that, that's not a, a lack of ability to do the job. It's just, you know, a lack of opportunity. You know, I haven't had the opportunity. It's a lack of what they think you need. Yeah, exactly. And I said, like, I have this freelance business where I sell your products. Like I do lead generation using Google ads and I've sold, I'm the salesperson. I'm the account manager. I'm the janitor. I'm the support person. I'm the finance person. Like I'm everything. And it's all with your products. And I'm like, look, just if you, if the hiring manager, if I go into the interview process and they hate me, like you'll never hear from me again, but like, give me a chance to get in the interview process. And she did, she pushed me through to the, the, to the next round. And you know, that wouldn't have happened if I just said, okay, you know, I don't have enough experience. I guess I'll try again, you know, next year or whatever it is. So, and that's one example of, you know, dozens probably between the two of us that we could share. Like, Oh yeah. That's the biggest thing. You know, if if you're able to, all the other stuff is what it is, but if you have the mentality of like, you have to tell me no twice or three times, you know, that's going to take you way, way further than any like little resume hack or any, you know, little marketing hack or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's going to make up for anything that's lost to the gap in the resume or whatever. I took a year off. I, I had this business. I did that. Like you're just straight willing. Like that's how you are as a person too. So then, you know, they hire, like you're not as much of a stand back person. You're more of hey, let me just, I'm at the forefront of this. I got to get these things done. Like you're, you're so persistent and consistent in the beginning. And like, even that, you know, is, is like a, just a crazy quality to have to begin with, but it's not something that's easy to build up. You might have it, you might not you can work on it. But yeah, no, that's, that's crazy, man. Like five, five emails and ghosted for a month, man, you would have been anybody else, right? Like what we're taught to do is like coming back to it is to accept defeat, which is just crazy. The like, man, like you got to start it here. I want to ask you, is there, um, is there, has there been people that have you had to help anybody leave their job? Have you ever been in that process? Cause I, I just have, uh, recently experienced some of that not for myself, but some people around me and that being very difficult when people are kind of, it's like a marriage, like it's, you know, you're at somewhere so long, you're comfortable. Have you had any experience with that? Yeah. Yeah. So do you mean like people who are like looking to leave after being in a job for a long time or like yeah, accepted it, an offer? Or? Yeah. Kind of, or like leaving a shitty job or, mm-hmm. or leaving to become, you know, start the business and become, yeah. you know, an entrepreneur, uh, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I, I definitely have. And I think from, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, that's like the, that's the million dollar question, right? That I, that I'm sure you get asked and, and I've been asked a lot is, you know, why, when do you leave your job? And also, you know, awesome. Why haven't you, you quit your job? Left yet? your job. Yeah. And like, you know, you're not an entrepreneur yet, dude. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's different for everybody, but being able to start your own business while working full time is a huge, huge advantage. Um, cause you get to make long-term investments and you get to mess up and you get to try new things. And so, you know, the, the big advice I have for everybody is if you can stick it out, um, you know, do it, even if your job is miserable, you know, trying to figure out a way to, to spend, you know, 5 PM to, to 12 AM or whatever, working on your side thing until you get it up to a decent spot. Um, that's a huge, huge thing to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
like, I think it, it, we're all, you, we hear a lot about passion and like, you know, it's, it, it's sort of made to seem that you can only be passionate about one thing and, and that's not true. And, and we change as we grow, right? Like we're passionate about different things at different times. And so at a certain point, you know, the, the, the company that you're at, whether you love it or whether you hate it, like it's played a role in your life. And now, you know, it's time for the next chapter and, you know, hopefully you're feeling good about that next chapter. Hopefully you're feeling good about the leap. And if you're not, you know, maybe it's not time to make the leap yet. Maybe it's time to find another solution. But um, yeah, for the most part, you know, I think that self-reflection and understanding, does this feel right? And, you know, if I'm nervous, am I nervous because I'm excited as well as kind of terrified at what might happen? Or am I nervous because, you know, this doesn't seem like the right time? You know, there, there's different there, there's nuances so, yeah, in the way so that you feel about it. it. Yeah. And you, you need to pay attention to that because if it's not the right time, um, the worst thing you can do is, is leave a job, even if it's, if it's awful. Um, you know, not obviously if you're miserable and depressed and all that, that's a different story. But if it's just like you hate doing your job and it's just boring and not what you want to do is leaving to start something that could potentially fail, you know, well before you've even set the groundwork, is that the right thing to do? Will that make you less miserable or does that bring on a whole new set of problems? So you really have to think through stuff. Um, and to your point, you know, getting out there and focusing on the action instead of, you know, don't get the LLC or spend a grand on the website, like go validate the product or the service or whatever you're selling first. And then, you know, you can go do the rest of that stuff. But the quickest way out is to find that person who will pay you whatever it is, the 20 bucks, mm -hmm. the hundred bucks, the thousand bucks, you know, whatever level you're getting in at. If you can, if you can find that and make that happen, like that's, that's the starting point. Yeah. There's people who make hundreds of millions of dollars a year on businesses they're not passionate about, you know, and they just, that's just what they do. And you get to choose what you're passionate about. People don't, there's so much that you get to choose that you have control over, but it's so much easier to say that, uh, oh, I don't. Oh, it's somebody else has to, Oh, it's just fate or so, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really glad you, you, you mentioned passion and it's something that, you know, comes up a lot. It's like, I'm passionate about music. I didn't realize how passionate I was about podcasts. Now it's probably equal. I also yeah. love cars and I'm definitely passionate about that too. You know, I don't do it any every day anymore. Who knows? Maybe I will at some yeah. point, but like, I'm not passionate about like an Amazon business that I might, a store that I might invest in and start, but like, if it's passive income, I'm passionate about passive income. All right. Like is if you just passionate about one step of the process, then, you know, the other steps is just, that's just the other work you got to put in to keep it going. But 100%. Um, yeah, I want to ask you uh, just before we wrap, like a very little, uh, like this just little nuanced thing that I always see on TikTok, And I made a video about it too, before, um, people copying and pasting the job description into their resume. So to beat the algorithm. If you could Mythbusters this right now, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be great. For sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely not a good thing to do. So one, it's, it's super obvious when people do that. Um, and then two, you, you know, at the end of the day, sure, that, that'll get you, you know, let's say, let's say it does what you want it to do and it gets you through the, the robot scan. Uh, well, now your resume is in the hands of a human who's just going to look at that and be like, this is the job description. Like, what is this? So it's, it's, you're not going to make it through at any step in the process. You're going to get stonewalled at some point. So the best thing that you can do is kind of extract the keywords because the keywords that the, the robots are looking for are in there. So you need to figure out, you know, what those are. And that's pretty easy to do. There's a bunch of tools like, you know, we have the scanner that does that. There's a couple of other tools out there that do that. Um, but then you need to take those keywords and you need to find a way to naturally weave them into bullets that, you know, basically illustrate your value in a compelling way. So, you know, th there's, 
I don't little hacks and the little cheats are not are only gonna get they're not gonna make a big yeah but everybody wants that oh let me do this little thing yeah and it's it's and I don't really blame job seekers because well one uh, us as humans like to your point Ren like we're everybody's looking for that little hack or the easy thing to do but like nothing that's worth doing is easy like starting a business is not easy uh you know writing a resume that gets you a job is not easy but we always try like we're just geared towards the path of least resistance and so that's why you know applying online so many people still do it because it's a structured process that's Easy. easy to do it's not it's not easy to get results, but it's easy to complete the process. And I think they think, oh, it's just a robot. Like, they don't even care about me anyway. Yes, exactly. No, uh, nah, they're a business and they have 3,000 applicants. Yeah. So, and, But if you get okay. beaten down by robots enough, like, you don't care anymore and you just do the easy thing because you just are like, well, it's I'm just going to get rejected again anyway. So it's a little bit on both sides. Like, I don't really blame job seekers, but what I would say is, like, if something's not working for you, if like some process isn't working for you, an easy hack is not gonna fix that process. Otherwise, everybody else would be doing it. Like the biggest thing to remember is if it's easy for you, it's easy for everybody else. And so that's, if it's easy and it's, and it's seeing results, everybody would be doing it. There's a reason that everybody isn't doing it and seeing results. So if a process isn't working for you, like find a different process, like try something new and, and take a fundamental shift, not just like, Oh, I'll copy and paste the job description this time. But like, let me go book a call with, you know, the marketing person turns out to be the CEO. Let me ask him for an interview, like go find a fundamentally different way to get in the door and, and then continue that. You know, if it doesn't work, keep going. Like failure isn't a time for you to say like, well, this doesn't work and I'm done with this. Like it's a time to say, all right, I, I crossed one more thing on the, off the list. Like, let me try something new. And it's, it's all the difference in mindset, right? There's like the Edison quote that everybody quotes, like he found a thousand ways to not make a light bulb, but that's kind of the truth. Like I didn't fail at getting the job. I just found a way that didn't work. So I'm going to go try a different way next time and see if that works. And I'm just going to keep going until I find something, you know, that clicks and that makes it happen. And that's true for job searching. That's true for business, like anything that you want to do. Awesome. Thank you so much. I think that was a great point to end on. Before we go, I just want to mention it's cultivatedculture.com. And is there anything else that they should be looking out for? You know, would, would you say, you know, uh, is Resume Builder the first one that they should download, take a look at? Any other resources? You know, um, you know what's the best way to, uh, to be within the cultivated culture? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so all the free tools are right on the homepage there. Or if you go to cultivatedculture.com forward slash tools, they're all right there on that page as well. Um, and then LinkedIn, man, I mean, you and I connected there and, and I'm pretty active there pretty much every day. So um, if anybody listening wants to connect or wants to follow along, that's that's one of the best places to find me. Awesome. LinkedIn is the wave, man. I could go it off is. another podcast about that, right? For sure. <laughs> we, on we, could, we could talk LinkedIn. all day. Yeah, right. Exactly. What a great platform. And yeah, the reason that, um, you know, we were able to do this podcast today, too. So thank you so much, Austin, for coming on the show Um, and uh, CEO of Cultivated Culture. And and he's done many other things, too. So all the links, as always, are in the description. We're on every platform, even the ones nobody uses. So thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Austin, for doing this today. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much 
for tuning in to another episode of Bobcast. I hope you got a ton of value from that episode. I know I did. Austin is a great guy. Um, if you could, I would please encourage you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, that is the best way uh, to gain new listeners and grow and rank on the platform so new people can listen to the podcast. So if you do have a minute, um, probably less than a minute, maybe 30 seconds of your time uh, to leave us a review, uh, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, make sure to visit sodabeats.com. It's the best way to make beats online right now. Easiest way. Uh, You can use them uh, for profit use, uh, uh, no royalty fees or anything like that. And uh, you get to keep the beat forever and do whatever you want with it. It's great. So more at sullybop.com, video version on YouTube. You guys know the deal. Thank you so much. I'm Ryan Sullivan. This has been another episode of Bobcast. I'll see you guys on the next one. This beat is by Jello Beats.